Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to another episode of the Anime Trending Podcast. And congratulations to us for the, well, the main account at the very least. Co-hosts, introduce yourselves before I get carried away. Hi, everyone. This is Gracie hopping back and forth between the main Anime Trending Podcast and Girl Taku, though Girl Taku's been on a break, so I guess I haven't been hopping per se, but will be hopping very soon. Mm-hmm. And this is Nico. And so what are we celebrating today, uh... Dear James. Thank you. Uh, for a second, I thought you forgot my name. We are celebrating 1 million followers on Twitter on the main Anytrends account, which is kind of crazy. I never thought I would be involved in anything that would ever get a million followers. Yeah, I'm excited. It's like, wow, we, we did it. Um, over the course of like how many years as like since we had the Twitter account versus when anime trending was just simply a Facebook group with like no actual ties to industry until now. Like that seems to be just like a really, um, it's a really great milestone for how far um, this organization has come as a website um, and just the general sphere. Um, And it really is like a lot of the Twitter followers um, really do help a lot of our success because it helps open the door to a lot of different opportunities as a media platform. Um, Cause like for some reason, like Facebook groups don't have any of the industry clout, I guess like, like most, most companies will not take um, Facebook groups seriously as far as driving internet outreach, but for Twitter accounts, like that's actually like where we're, there's interest in uh, for a lot of Japanese companies overseas. And so I think that was like a huge stepping stone for us to do actual legitimate journalism and media work uh, working with all these companies so yeah really grateful for everyone who uh, follows the twitter account and if you want to get part of this action you can follow us um, at the what was the anime the main the main account is at anna trends pod is this any it's, it's just any trends the Annie main trends. account is any trends <laughs> yeah that's a million account things followers there <laughs> let's get a million followers on our podcast account that'd be pretty awesome i would love a million followers on the podcast account <laughs> i think that'd blow my mind <laughs> but yeah big celebration um we'll find a way here at the podcast to do some kind of goofy little thing uh, i'll probably bake a cake um and then take a picture of it because i baking a cake means i get to eat a cake which is the real re- reward like yeah, a million followers is great, but have you ever had cake? Anyway, that was a tangent. We have a thing that we do most weeks, but not at the beginning of the season. But now it's the later beginning of the season, which means it's time for the chart check. I haven't come up with a cool drop for that, and I don't own a soundboard yet. Imagine that I had a really cool sound effect. All right. So, this is week one of the winter 2023 anime season. Uh, We are... It was published on January 15th, 2023. Uh, We've got some of those two core anime interesting things that mean I'm going to be doubling up on some places here. So, in first place, we have Vinland Saga Season 2. In second place, we have Blue Lock as one of our continuing anime. And then also, in second place, we have The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. In third place, we have Near Automata, version 1.1a. 
In fourth place, we have My Hero Academia Season 6 as one of the two core anime. But then also at fourth place, we have Tomo-chan is a Girl. In fifth place, we have The Eminence in Shadow as a two core anime. And also in fifth place, we have The Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady. In sixth place, we have Spy Classroom. In seventh place, we have Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Second Attack. In eighth place, we have Bongo Stray Dog Season 4. In ninth place, we have The Misfit of Demon King Academy 2. And in tenth place, we have The Ice Guy and His Cool Female Colleague. Any comments on the chart so far? Um, I think one thing I find interesting, like I'm not complaining in this regard, is I think this is the first time the um, continuing core has actually performed so well on the results for the first week. Because usually in new season, they tend to get pushed down simply because people are more interested in the newer anime that's getting aired. So that was definitely a surprise for me in that regard. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. That was, like, especially with even, like, My Hero Academia usually is not, I wouldn't say it's ever really top five from, like, no, the last No, no, exactly, yeah. Um, My Hero Academia has a hard time on our charts uh, for several reasons. One, it's the sixth season. The more seasons an anime has, the harder it actually is to climb up, simply because you have a... Are with our community growing as much as it is, we are also, you know, having people who are newly watching anime. So that's a lot of seasons to catch up to. So, um, so it actually, you would think that having a pre-built-in um, fandom would help it, but actually, it kind of hurts it because you don't, you're not getting the new ones because the new ones are like there are so many things to watch like before we get to the current one. So. Um, so that's one reason why My Hero Academia has never really climbed up on our charts after the first three seasons. It struggled after the third one. So um, so that's one big reason. But the other thing is you're also right. I think our community as a whole doesn't tend to favor My Hero Academia. So it's just it was it's a very surprising place. <laughs> Like it just it just feels like such a hard filter from everything else like above it. Um seems to be pretty okay. Cause I mean Vinland Saga is at definitive number one slot. I don't see it dropping anytime soon unless random shows have like a one-off episode that's just really strong. You think so? Um, I actually think Vinland Saga is kind of at risk this season. And not because it's bad, but I like Based on comments I've seen on our own posts of when I make posts about Vinland Saga, it seems there's a there's a pretty like loud group of people who are kind of impatient about this arc and the fact that like there's no action and stuff like that. So I even so there was a thought where I'm like, I'm kind of even unsure if it's going to be able to stay on top simply because like the group of guys who are watching for the sword action aren't going to get it this season. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's also part of, like, maybe it's the same reason why Near Automata version 1.1a is up there. Because, like, I think as a fan, I would probably put it up there just based off of, like, the other parts of that show or property. But it's not like anything on the screen had so far, like, I guess stood really, really well on its own. Especially with Near at number three. It's just because it's like... I would rate it highly just because I know that the story is really good and like really impactful. I just, we're just 
probably like 10 hours away from like it getting to that point. Um, Did you viewings. like Mirror when you watched it? I, I felt like you didn't like it, right? Uh, I mean, I like Mirror. I mean, I love the concept of it. And I love the game. I just am a little bored because it's like my fourth time experiencing the same story again. Oh. Because um, like the, the infamous <laughs> part about playing the game is that you have to go through 2B's story, but then it once you complete probably about eight hours worth, you then experience the same events, but through 9S's eyes, including like the opening prologue scene where um, you kind of learn a little bit of what 9S was doing on his way to to 2B during that um, that sequence. But in, in the story, they just show both sides at the same time just for pacing reasons and so it's, it's like that one reason where i'm like okay yoko taro you're kind of insane for making me have to do this because he also does this in the other near game as well for near replicant you have to do the, the the main story multiple times to like actually get to essentially the third um finale act um Wait, so are you, like, are you saying you think Nier deserves that third place or not? Because I definitely know other members of our anime trending team were actually quite disappointed by Nier so far. <laughs> I, I don't think it deserves it. Because I think it's getting a lot higher voted because of later parts of the story that hasn't even been presented yet. Okay, um, I see what you're saying. Like... Like I, I think it's a little too. I think it's a little overrated for what we've seen right now. Um, and this is just as a like pretext of being like, I, I love this game. It's one of the best games I've ever played, and it's literally no different than just watching a let's play on on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> that's point. not good. <laughs> that's not yeah, good it's not all. a good baseline. It's like, uh, it's that's, a little little that's, disappointing. That's, yeah, that's not style. an ideal situation to be in. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's why it kind of gets me a little suspicious of some of the other entries on the chart. Like, I feel like next week we're having a completely different so set our first, of shows coming in. Our first chart, and I've talked about this before, our first chart is always a little weird. As in, our first chart is always a mix of anime that we, like, we understand why should be in top ten. And then the other half are just anime where, like, why is this in top ten? So it always starts off this way. And I always feel like when it when the season continues, our chart balances out more to how at least I would personally judge the episodes per se. Um, aside from one or two, usually only one, one straggler that's just hanging on uh, Hikahiro uh, Classroom of the Lead. <laughs> so, um, but other than that, it like balances out as the season continues. It's always our first chart that's a little weird. <laughs> so... Um, so I'm not surprised at how, like, or <clears throat> how off I feel like some of these are. Like, for example, a Spy Classroom being in top 10 just absolutely shocked me because I thought the first episode was pretty lackluster. And actually, I did put it in C tier if we're still talking about the tiers and stuff. Mm -hmm. The, <laughs> oh, uh, the animation is just eh. And on top of that, like, the beginning of the show already like made me laugh in a way that I really shouldn't have laughed because 
this it's a cast of all girls and one guy and um and it's not weird so i do want to preface that it's not a weird dynamic per se but um all the girls i love that's the first thing you have to do though is like clear the air like it's not it's all girls but not not harem classroom but and if like i thought it was gonna be harem classroom no yeah no no no, it's not it's not it's like i I do not have an issue with the fact that it's an all-female cast and one guy like that's perfectly fine that doesn't bother me the part that like made me crack up at the beginning was that the the music is all serious and you know they're a group of spies you know and then the guy he's dressed for the part he's like dressed in all black and has his hair like tied up and all that stuff and then we see the girls on the field and they're not wearing like etchy outfits or anything like that but they're wearing these cutesy like black lolita outfits while (laughs) out in the field like knocking people out and like communicating and stuff and i just burst out laughing when i saw that because that immediately just took me out of the situation i'm like why are they wearing that type of clothing while they're out there so um dress for the job you want not the job you have yeah and it's like and that right there already set the tone of the whole episode for me personally in a way that it was not supposed to be set because i know that that moment was meant to be taken seriously and meant to show like you know like what are these girls doing and you know uh why is it so dangerous and like get you to ask questions but instead all i was doing was just laughing at the fact that they're wearing that kind of clothing while they're out in the field and so uh, so that by itself already took me out of it but then as the anime continued it was just a lot of like it was a lot of telling not showing is what it is at the base at the end of the day like the girl just keeps narrating every single thing and she narrates every single thought and every single feeling she has even though like you see it on her face clearly already or you see it like when she talks to the other like the other girls where they're like oh what's going on and then then, like and then her internal thoughts what's going on I'm just like that is just totally unnecessary and just padding for time in this case though I don't know if that was on purpose or not um, I will say the last half or like not even last half, like the last quarter of the first episode was actually good. And there was a moment that was genuinely funny, as in you can tell it was meant to be funny and it worked. It was actually funny. But then the second episode isn't really better in that sense. It's like it's it wants to be serious about the spy activities, but it doesn't want to be too serious about it. And, and at the end of the day, they don't really commit to either side and through that it doesn't really work if you get what i mean so that's why spy classroom was like c tier for me and definitely not like top 10 at all in my eyes but it's six so yeah <laughs> okay so yeah i mean you go you go, oh, go for it Nick. I, I don't have a thought <laughs> i just like talking <laughs> uh, hey welcome to my world uh I'm a bit surprised to see the angel next door spoils me rotten at number two. Um, I can't talk for I, that I because I didn't watch it. So <laughs> I also haven't watched it, but like, and maybe, maybe when I finally get around to starting it, uh, just to check it out, I'll be like blown away. But with a, with a title like that, it's either going for like the bait and switch and it's a like psychological horror anime, in which case, yes, I'm totally on board with that. Or it does exactly what it says on the tin, in which case you have to be doing some magic stuff to get to the number two spot. Um, but that could just be me being biased, I guess. It's I difficult 
because I did ask the people who are watching, um, one of the person who is watching uh, The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten uh, about it because I, I originally had it on my list, but then I realized I was going to be killing myself if I like had all the anime originally that was on my list. Yet more and shows. So, I dropped this one mainly because when I thought about it, because I'm like, I love a good romance. I'll check out a good romance, you know. But then when I thought about it, I did think it sounded a little too generic for me. It was like, you know, he was nice to this girl this one time and this girl decided to do like, you know, flirt with him or at the very least get interested in him and stuff like that. And then the PV also didn't capture me. I thought the animation and the visuals looked super duper basic. So I was like, okay, you know, I've, I've seen this kind of story a million times already. So I've, I'm dropping it. And I did. And so I asked Steven about this. And he's one of the other members of our anime trending team. And for him, he also isn't quite sure why it's at number two either, because he also thought like the premise was a little weird. He's like, basically, there's this perfect girl who happens to move in next door next to this guy. And then he was nice to her once. And ever since then, she like comes in and cleans up the house for him and cooks and stuff like that. And is basically like this perfect housewife for him. And I'm like, well, that's kind of boring <laughs> in that regard I guess so um so he doesn't really get why it's at number two either but for him he's like that's just his personal opinion is that he just finds the whole premise to be a little weird I got six words for you god I wish that were me. I'm just kidding um <laughs> that might be true I mean like I'm not gonna not gonna dump on the fan base for it but it oh, does yeah, no, feel not. like it's a show that is just like a slow like comfort food sort of show that I don't know if like if if you're just used to watching like isekai stuff like all the time, you just needed something like just a small, quick, uh, easier, lighter romance show. I think that that probably checks all of the boxes for what you're looking at. Yeah, but you could also watch the ice guy and his cool female colleague, and also get. Oh, that fun was vibes. really great. Today's episode was really good. <laughs> uh. One thing that I'm seeing as I scroll all the way down to the bottom uh, is is uh, the – so in 49th place, Cardfight Vanguard will dress season two. <laughs> and um, and in 41st place, D- D4DJ all mix. So, Medi uh, is backing a losing horse again. Well, that guard Medi. <laughs> no, Medi. <laughs> In loving memory, he's not dead. We just like to think about him. Uh, fun fact, it's his birthday today as what? we are recording okay, this. Okay, I need to say happy birthday. Um, <laughs> happy birthday, Medi. Your favorite shows are losing. And you have uh, financial ties to them now. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I don't think people know that. But that's I funny. know, but it's funny. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm, I promised him I would I would do uh, the antibites for all mix because I actually watched f- first mix, so uh, I should really I should really start that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, first impressions is the part two is the topic du jour, and so why don't we hop into that? We Gracie mentioned the tier list from earlier. I think we're going to be uh, referencing that again. I have once again been. Uh, a bad noodle. I'm not a good noodle. I did not watch that many shows. I watched one. Um, so I'm hoping the rest of you will save me. I promise once I get back to school, 
I will be coming I will have plenty to talk about because I have 25 anime this season. Do not worry, James. Hooray! Yeah. Well, it was nice because like Gracie gave me homework after the last um, episode, after recording last episode. So she- wait, I don't remember no, getting homework. I just well, told, it was less homework. It was like I just told yeah. Nick that I felt like two of the anime I'm watching was probably in his alley that he would enjoy. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and so okay. Fire Hunt, the Fire Hunter, I, I enjoyed. It's right now. It's rank thirty six. Um, probably only the one Oof. episode. Um, but I do think it's kind. Of, it's pretty pretty underrated relative to the rest of the cast. Um, I feel like it might not have enough to get to top ten. I don't but think I do so. Enjoy... It's not an easy anime to um, screenshot. In all honesty. Because, you know, that's how we promote anime is we screenshot it and we post mm-hmm. it on our Twitter and, and Facebook and our Instagram. But that's not an easy anime to screenshot. It's one of those that you enjoy the movements for rather than, like, the still shots, in my opinion, at least. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I definitely felt like art direction was was okay. I mean, it was like it was like these small little things to give it, like, an aged look. Yes. Like, you see, yes. like, the different textures exactly. thrown there. But it wasn't, it wasn't, like crazy on a technical level and like even like the um even the pv looked kind of jank for like the next episode i was like oh that's a little, little jank but i did like the world building um where it's essentially a world where uh humans can no longer reasonably make fire um and there's also kind of signs that other elements can be stored in other ways um but for some reason, humans are now extremely flammable to fire, even more than they normally are. So, like, if any sort of natural fire touches them, they explode. Um, and so that basically meant that you have a really, really radically different society at this point. So it's very modern in some ways, but also got that ancient Japanese uh, village vibe in some spots. Um, and... It's, it's really too early to call it like this, but it does give you, like, the vibes of, like, the opening couple episodes to Shinsuke Iori, where you have Ooh, a setting okay, set. Yeah, you have my attention. Yeah, like, it's a setting set, like, possibly hundreds of thousands of years in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the technology has changed and also regressed in a couple different They've ways. They've lost, in um, the narration, they basically said that they know there were superior technology, but it was lost in the chaos of humans becoming flammable basically for that matter or combustible i guess is a better way to put it and then on top of that because humans couldn't naturally use fire anymore and we know fire was a literal game changer in regards to evolution they basically kind of had to relearn how to live as humans and so that obviously means certain technologies can no longer be used anymore so yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, and so there's, like, a spot where, like, they, they'll still have, like, combustible engines or even, like, trains for that matter, but they have to... <laughs> I was thinking of James to, when I saw the train, <laughs> admittedly. They have to, like, encase it in, like, a ton of metal around it because yeah. imagine, like, imagine, a tr- like, a, an engine could just cause everyone to explode if it's left unchecked. It's, like, all of the designs have to change to account for that. Um which I thought was kind of an interesting take on um, just different different little world buildings. Um, 
My one complaint I had early, besides like some of the little smaller animation stuff, was like I felt like they explained a little too much about the world from the beginning. I think that they should have just like showed it, kept it a little bit more of a yeah. mystery instead of explaining like, like why people are more flammable. As, yeah. Why do you? Yeah, because it was like the first sign of like it. It, it could take place in just an ancient like Edo Japan uh, village. Or it could be like hundreds of years in the future because they also have these giant motorized train looking things that are encased in metal. Like, like I think that trying to give it like an unknown time period of where it is and just because like they have to say, oh, you have to do this because these, these are the rules. But they don't have to explain why they got the new crazy rules to um, to do this. I think it would be more interesting kind of just showing it as it comes because even like Shinsuke Yori doesn't that's what they did in Shinsekai they're like these are the rules and they're like yes those are indeed the rules and as viewers you're like wait what why why are they there though and it doesn't get until like 20 episodes in when it's revealed like oh this is why the rules are the rules yeah and it becomes like a very rational explanation from like why this world developed like this or even like some of the later spoilers within Shinsekai of like because it shows you that in Shinsekai it starts out where you have like a kid going berserk due to psionic energy and you don't really know why it's just like this one quick flash of a scene and now you're in looks like a completely different time period um yeah and it takes a couple episodes for them to actually finally like explicitly piece that together because it's essentially like lost knowledge um to those characters why the world is like this but then you could use those those ideas and try to piece together a lot of the flashback scenes that they were showing not knowing if this was like in the future or in the past or um, like, like it, it just, it just creates like a better way of kind of describing how a uh, hostile the world is because you, they don't really know much about it at just as much as the viewers. Um, but then by the end of it, it was like, yeah, that was a very satisfying explanation that they didn't have to like, like they didn't have to like do a record scratch, Ooh. spend five minutes, like, all right, let's explain what just happened like a hundred years ago that caused society to be like this. It's it's just it's just so much easier to show. Um and so it does a lot of showing but then it like reverses and does the telling. I agree. Like, that oh, was a little so... jarring like when the narrator suddenly came in and explained everything. I was like, "Whoa," cuz like for all like a good uh, like 8 minutes, I would say, it was just they don't explain every anything. You see you're seeing what happened. You're you're in that sense, at least for me, I was really invested in the world and the characters because I was kind of like living alongside her um, as to what happened, as to what is happening around her and stuff like that. But then the narration, like a very blatant narrator. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, no. Wait, what? <laughs> so, um, I actually, I, I didn't include it on the list because that was the last anime premiere to come out, but that is on my list. Um, but I put it on a tier if, you know, simply because I like, it's not S tier for that reason, but I still liked it enough and I thought it was really unique, especially with the um, style that is really reminiscent of like old anime, uh, like art styles. Um, I put it at A tier for that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, I think the other thing that it does feel like it's a show that came out in like 2006 from just the, st- the story mm-hmm. itself is like it feels very, um, gives me a little bit of nostalgia. So that's why I'm like, I'm kind of. I'm like, wow, this is an interesting show coming out in, like, current year. Um, not really from, like, a technical side. It doesn't look like a 2006 show. But it just it just gives me that interesting nostalgic feel that 
I think I think it's worth checking out in the next couple of weeks, at least keeping it on my radar. I will absolutely be watching it. Though I do, something pops into my head, mostly because you're like, yes, and fire is bad. And I was like, okay, understood. Fire is bad. And they have trains. And I'm like, okay, trains are good. And the trains are made of, and the trains have fire in them. And me, with my train brain on, goes, uh, society presently, human society has progressed past the need for fires. Uh, everything can be done using electricity. And electricity can be generated without fire. Um, what? We, what? No. What? Yeah, no. Solar, wind, hydroelectric, everything can, like, trains can run on electricity, cars can run on electricity, yeah, cooking yeah. implements we'll can be run on electricity. Trains happen no matter what, is what I say. I, I, look, I, look, I'll appreciate trains happening no matter what. It's just, like, I, that's why I think setting it as an indeterminate time period is a good idea. Because then I don't get to do that. I don't get to be like, well, if this is the far future, then all of this technology, yeah, we may have lost it, but the basics are still there. They should be able to pull this off. I, For some reason, the narrator is like, oh, by the way, like they forgot how medicine works. And I was like, what? Like That that seemed to be like one of the other things they lost. Like They, they didn't even explain how humanity gets back to the Stone Age, but it's just kind of like the usual cliché. Of like everyone bombed themselves yeah, in the Stone yeah, Age, yeah. I just kind of like the vibe. So like, I'm I'm assuming they just don't know how to do any of these things because everything got blown up. Like, no, no, no more alternate renewable resources. <laughs> but we had renewable resources before. You know what? We'll get into this another <laughs> day. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm that gonna, is true. Because um, uh, I know Agnes would like interject and be like, "Tell them about this." Um, we do have to. I, you, we do have to remember that Europe actually took several steps back in like medicinal history. Um, like we cannot forget oh, yeah. that. Like Europe's, like Europe Europeans legit didn't know to listen to the heartbeat for people to be alive or dead back in like because medicine back is in, witchcraft. Like, the 1600s or um, you know maybe even later for that matter. I think it was like not that long ago when. Like Europeans legit did not know the heartbeat means that someone is still alive and they would do all these crazy torturous things to make sure that a person is actually dead. And uh, the ancient Greeks discovered the pulse like BC era and promptly the entirety of Europe forgot about it because of the fact that after ancient Greece and ancient Rome, because ancient Rome also had that knowledge, after those two empires uh, fell, the uh the christian the christians essentially destroyed every single documentation about the human body and medicine and etc and they actually started from scratch so i would say knowing history that that has happened before it's probably possible now that i think about it Every every time the setting is there was an advanced civilization and we don't know how any of their stuff works is basically them just That's ripping true. off the Romans. That is true. Yeah. How did they do the infrastructure so good? I guess we'll yeah, never know. That is true. So it's considering that history has actually happened before like that, where where it was like the Greeks very much knew about the heartbeat for someone being alive. And then in the 1500s, the Europeans were going, let's stab needles under people's toenails to see if they're alive. Like, I, it's possible. So. Hey, if they're alive, they'll be upset by that. So, like, I mean, it works. No, don't you dare, James. <laughs> All right, every, this is my this is one of my last wills and testaments. Um, if you find me dead, stick some needles no, under my toes. No, oh I'm really my god, dead. that's no, the most scary thing is, I've ever thought. That of. is that's, terrible. No, we're moving on to the next anime. <laughs> I'm 
Call it. I was going to say, uh, another show I think is underrated, funnily enough. I think The Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady is underrated at number five on this list. Um, that's my that's my hot take. Um, I the, Here's the thing. You're, you're talking with two other people that I think agree with you. I have not watched it, but I've been reading it. And I'm like, this is a this is a good show. I'm enjoying this. And I can see from Gracie's message here that she has it in the A tier. And I can't find... Oh, there we go. Uh, a for the magic. Oh, that is terrible. That was a little stretch. That is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I was I was just gonna say like I think it uses it uses the isekai part just to like explain one bit of like why of of her character, but it's not like the whole thing is defining it. It's like it's kind of nice having a character in a, in quote, an isekai fantasy show that actually is more living in the world rather than like, you, like the teleport slash not really knowing how the thing's working. Like, like this, this is one that I think is just interesting from, from that, that part. Um, yeah. It, it's refreshing when that happens. And I, I genuinely enjoy that kind of, kind of, world building where you don't have to have like surprise you're here now learn how everything works and they just fit in perfectly. yeah because it could have been easily like oh cut to like modern day person dies gets teleported now now you're in like the teenage person's body now don't know how the world works and now you gotta learn how it works well man like 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 i i feel like that that kind of premise like has been so overdone like a million times that it's just like it's just nicer just having it like start with the story as as it comes um yeah did we, I don't did know. we talk about I, this last we have any other uh, no we it? didn't i um no i really enjoyed it it was a really good first episode please keep in mind my tier is based on like the first episode only i mean it's still at a tier it hasn't changed in the last few episodes but uh i thought the first episode did a really good job of immediately opening up the story in regards to the conflict and the characters and their personalities. I also like the fact that it's technically a twist on the Ultimate villain as well, which I wasn't expecting. I thought it was like a standard isekai, but with the whole like, oh, the engaged fiance gets publicly dumped by the heir prince because he quote unquote falls in love. I don't think he'd had. And honestly, I don't think that girl wants to um, that he quote unquote fell in love with like the commoner girl and stuff like that and like publicly shames her for it. That's the classic uh, villain ultimate uh, re- like isekai trope and in a lot of uh, in a lot of actual ultimate games as well so um, so that I genuinely was not expecting at all and so that was a really pleasant surprise for me but definitely I think the crown jewel for this anime is with Honest um, Honest's personality is very similar to Chisato I will say um, they are different but there's a lot of similarities between them and as a whole is very charismatic and you know viewers love charismatic characters so um, so I think, I, I really think, I don't think it should just be five. I definitely think it's better than Tomochan for sure. I can't speak for the three and two because obviously I didn't watch it. But, um, but in regards to, in regards to where it can head, I feel like it can really only go up. It probably won't ever be like the best episode of the week simply because, 
uh, animation wise is good, but it's not like incredible as well as visual direction is not incredible. And then like, and then I watch Finland Saga and I'm just like drooling over the scenes. And so, um, and so it's just like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna top that per se, but I think it's got a very strong story on its head. So yeah. I think it was really telling like the very first week where you had like, I think the first week or second week where we already had, like, the Anakin Padbay memes with the two female leads, like, that was already, like, like, I don't the show seems really memeable, like, from what I've seen on socials, and I don't know how much of that we're just pushing, or, like, other people have been just, like, Oh, no, it is really funny, yeah, no, that was, um, that was it's our hard to meme. It's deal. hard to meme Vinland Saga, because, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to post that meme, and that meme yeah so i need to go bother <laughs> you should post it it's it's really it's funny really i don't funny. know why we're, we're hoarding all of the best memes from the people we we have a great um, team we love our people so <laughs> and the other thing about like the whole villain aspect of like with ani's his brother is like he's portrayed as the villain but i felt like he has kind of like an interesting um motivation because he's like the um the, his whole thing of like not of breaking off his engagement with Yuffie is that he doesn't want his whole life to be decided by everybody else, like including his father. So like he does the whole, he does the court scene, like he does the, the scene straight out of Bridgerton and has the most public uh, meltdown sort of uh, breaking off the engagement and also accusing Yuffie of engaging in murder. Yeah. Plots too, I mean, like. I don't think <laughs> Ooh, what yeah. he's doing is right. But one thing I will say that I automatically caught on just from watching the first episode is I'm like, oh, he has an inferiority complex because it's very obvious his dad, the king, his favorite child is the main character. It's just so ridiculously obvious. So he's got some inferiority complex right off the bat. And then I heard, oh, Honest basically was supposed to be next in line and then gave it up because she was like, I want to marry a woman. I ain't marrying a man. <laughs> so, um, and then, so I'm like, well, there's, uh, there's hit number two. He probably also didn't want the throne and then just got thrusted it onto him so then he probably also feels second place for the throne like from the beginning as well on top of everything else so i'm like this boy clearly has some issues that therapy would be very good for but therapy does not exist <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially because yeah, he brings it in on like the other girl with like laney he's like no i'm, I'm gonna marry yeah. this girl because quote like, Yuffie is too perfect. I feel so insecure around exactly. her. I have explicitly told her that. So now I'm going to marry the most basic commoner. Hey, 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 hey. Be nice to the everyone. basic commoner. Just to stick it. <laughs> She's basic. I'm sorry. Like, look, I'm sorry. She's basic. Uh, no fault of her own. Just the circumstances of her birth. I'm sorry, woman. <laughs> She is um, the ultimate game protagonist. She's meant to be a filler for the girls playing the ultimate games. What were you expecting? <laughs> I I don't know. I was expecting her to like run like a, a shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> like in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I like, so I do. And basically what I'm saying, Nick, is I agree with you. I think there is some complexity going on with the antagonist of the show as well. I mean, I, I feel like I've caught on to in the first episode and not in a way that's like, oh, it's like bad. It's just like, oh, I'm, I immediately find that's interesting because they straight up don't tell it to us. But just seeing how 
the king interacts with Honest, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's his favorite child. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's his favorite kid. And then, and then the whole like, um, and then Honest being like, you know, I gave up my line of the throne, so I don't have to marry a guy because I'd rather marry a woman and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh well, ding, there's the second thing. And I love the fact that they didn't have to directly say it, and I can just catch on. You know, it's not too subtle, mm-hmm. but it's like not too direct. So it's like pitch perfect. I mean, it's about as subtle as her running in covered in wolf guts and then only getting a light talking to while she just runs away. Oh, uh, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> like, yeah, no, because, like, even the older brothers watching that, I'd be steaming if that was, like, like my sister or something, like, doing something like that, getting away with it. I'm like, are, are you seeing this? Like, I'm just looking at my dad, like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. All right. Yeah. Privilege mm-hmm. of being the favorite. So, Gracie mentioned that a show is not as good as another show, which... Uh, which is saying that um, Tomo-chan as a girl is not as good as the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. And uh, yeah, that's probably correct, but Tomo-chan as a girl is the show that I happen to have watched between (laughs) the last episode and this one. So I put it on C tier for the first episode. You did. But I admittedly actually thought the third episode was pretty good, so I'm curious to hear what you thought, James. (laughs) I watched episode one, but I've read the manga in its entirety. The manga's done. I've read it all. Okay, I see. (laughs) Yeah, so I already have some familiarity with the characters. Um... I was intrigued to see this because, and I'm now going to, after after having bragged about reading the manga, I'm now going to uh, reveal how much I, like, the weird lack of detail that I have from it, which is I can't remember if it's a four coma or not. Part of me remembers it being a four coma, or a four coma style, where it's like, it's a page, or maybe, you know, like, eight panels instead of four, Uh, which comes with the inherent difficulties of adaptation being how are you going to connect all the threads between the individual kind of like punchline, 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 punchline. Um, I think, I think uh, the adaptation so far just from episode one is okay. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's fluffy. I'm, I'm liking it more than I thought that I would the adaptation. And, and so that's automatically a plus for me. Maybe that happens to be the benefit of going in with low expectations and then be like, surprise, it exceeded low expectations. Um, but I'll probably continue watching it. It's it's goofy. I like it. The voice acting is is amusing. I like the side characters more than the main characters. Uh, but that happens a lot with kind of obvious romances where it's like, yeah, no, everybody that surrounds the main pair are kind of more amusing. Um, one thing that stuck out to me just from watching clips is uh, a casting choice they made, which I always... I'm intrigued when I hear that announced, which is that the voice actress for Carol in Japanese is also the voice actress for Carol. In yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sally Amaki. Um, and I've, I, and so whenever they do something like that, someone inevitably posts the clips with like a side by side. I think both performances are good. Um, but having that kind of piqued my interest, I know they did something similar for D4 DJ first mix. Um, and so who knows? I oftentimes think it's a casting gimmick, um, but it usually works out more often than not. Those are my opinions. They're not particularly concrete. Uh, I eat up romance anime like, you know, it's, it's breakfast cereal. I I like I, I think that I like it a lot. And then after like a couple of bowls, I'm like, all right, I'm done for a very <laughs> long time. So I just got to make sure not to overindulge so I can actually finish the show. 
That's all I've got. <laughs> and that's all I've got okay. to say about that. Um, so I put Tomochan is a girl on C tier because I um, was allowed to see a screener for it for the first uh, two episodes. And I was looking forward to it. Oh, but uh, unfortunately for me, the reason why the first two episodes were misses is that a lot of the jokes were rehashed like. He does something that pushes her physical boundaries and she gets flustered and she punches him and then he's upset. So then they fight and then they're like all scratched up and stuff and then they make up. And then, um, you know, a couple of minutes later, the same thing happens over and over again. So I could uh, quickly tell or at least based on the first two episodes, especially when you watch it back to back, it gets kind of painful and annoying when it's the same jokes rehashed over and over again. And I... Probably wouldn't be as harsh towards it, ironically, if I hadn't watched the screener and just watched episode one and then one week later watched episode two. But That's interesting. watching them back to back and seeing the same jokes rehashed like right after each other was really, really annoying because I'm just like, well, what else do they have? Because this is starting to bore me already. And so um, so that was the first reason as to why I put it on C tier. Uh, the second reason why it really um, the beginning really annoyed me is also the same is that the in, the supporting characters were by far miles more interesting to me than the main character. But the um, first two episodes were mostly about the main characters, which is understandable. So by that sense, I also was less invested in it because I just didn't care as much for them. I also, I also thought the whole, like, talk of, like, Tomo-chan, like, oh, you're not actually a girl because of the way you act and stuff like that is kind of sexist. And <laughs> and I know, like, that's not um the purpose. And there's way, way worse things in anime for sure, aside from, like, that kind of dialogue. But it just slightly annoyed me simply because I do have friends who have talked about, like, struggling with, like, seeing themselves as girls and it's not because they have gender identity issues or anything like that they genuinely like identify as a girl but growing up have always struggled with being seen as a girl and how it's it actually really stresses them out and um and actually and gives them a lot of anxiety about that regard when people make comments like oh it's like you gave like when uh, it's like oh it's like you have a brother instead of a sister or oh, it's like your friend is a guy instead of a girl and stuff like that. And so when they're saying that those things to Tomo-chan, I can't help but immediately connect to my friends who have actually gone through that kind of dialogue who are very, very tomboy-esque. And so, um, and so that immediately puts me off as well. So a little more of a personal reason as to why I also didn't enjoy the first two episodes. I did enjoy the third episode, though. And a big reason why is they stopped recycling the same jokes they have added in some new ones which i love and that whole dialogue of oh make sure like you know you have to do these sort of things for him to see you as a girl they've actually they basically didn't mention that at all in the third episode it was more about the fact like oh you should put in effort if you're gonna hang out with him because you like him and stuff like that which that kind of language i do really like and i think it's cute and so um so i did enjoy the third episode but the first two was a no for me <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting the the back to back like over and over and over kind of similar jokes. I totally get that. And again, I'm coming from having just watched one episode at the moment. Uh and I think also that's why having those side characters yes. is so important mm -hmm. because when they are involved, you break up, you know, 
the the repetitiveness. It's like, all right, it's it's June and Tomo. Yep. It's June mm-hmm. and Tomo again. But now we have a Misuzu little interaction, and then we have a Carol interaction. And the best ones are when it's Misuzu and Carol. Ignore the main characters. <laughs> it's time for the side characters to hang out uh, because those are those are the best. Ten out of ten. Um, but yeah, I can also see the um, the the I guess I'll use choice of words. And I think that that's like a larger issue because when it boils down to it, it's I say that I it's the you know, you're like one of the guys is a very weird way of saying I just am comfortable hanging out with you. But being so blunt like that is generally seen as lacking tact. And so you immediately have to try to find some other way to um, to express that. And it never comes across right, because I'll be perfectly honest, the fewest, most direct words is the easiest way to get the point across but it is also usually the mm-hmm. least comfortable way to do it. All right, Nick, I feel like we've left you out. Do you have another show? Do you have a show for us? Oh, uh, do you want to talk about High Card? Because I thought that oh, was kind I of a Oh, I can talk show. about it, yeah. I, yeah, let's I, talk I, about it's, something it's silly. dumb, fun action, and I like dumb, fun action, so... <laughs> so, I, I, it's about gambling, but it's not about gambling. It's actually superpowers, but they have... Uh, playing cards that symbolize their power their their one I power see. can you give me an example um, for some reason uh the main character his card becomes a gun nice <laughs> i don't know why that's his power um but in other forms there were some cards like the eight or ten or something of diamonds where that one is like extreme luck so it's like you can't be harmed by anything and your luck is insane, but that doesn't prevent the people you care about from being protected. So that could be like the weaknesses. Uh, instead of like going after you per se, the card holder, you're going after. That's their, right. Their, Having their friends is a weakness. Wait, did you not watch the, uh, the second episode, um, Nick? Oh no! I, I only watched the first one from the time. I just, I just need to clarify. Yeah, okay, go for the it. Go for why it. The main character's thing is just a gun is because. Two of anything is the weakest card, so that's why he only gets a gun versus like everyone else's insanely cool it's, powers. It's a pretty strong power relative to like because so the first time it's so it's like for some reason that I think they had all of the cards in like one specific location, they all got scattered to like all the four corners of this world, so it's kind of like a giant spy case where everyone is trying to get like all of the pieces together. Um, And so one of the guys that the main character encounters as he's trying to make it rich is like this guy who's his power is can turn anything into marbles. And also I guess he could shoot marbles really high because like, I guess marbles can be like a gambling game of some sort. Um, I think that's like the main restriction is like, there has to be like some sort of game. Does that mean the gun one is Russian roulette? Is that the game? I, that's what I thought. I, apparently, it's the gun not. Revolver. But I guess it's just—it is just a okay, revolver. Good. I would have so laughed. That's why I was, like, I, the game is Russian oh, roulette. No, I have a semi-automatic no, so not pistol. All the cards. I don't. I don't think so. Gambling powers. No, no. no. So I, I, I do need because the episode two is a world building and it yeah, the exposition episode. Um. Well, actually, I like the exposition episode. They did a good job where it just it didn't bore me because they were just saying things. So, um, 
So basically, the cards, yes, each of the cards give you a type of ability, per se. Um, the mentor, aka the hot guy in the red suit jacket, I, that's what I named him. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Yeah. <laughs> but the flirty, the, hot the flirty hot guy in the red suit jacket, he has an OP power card. He basically is immortal, as in, like, if he dies or, like, anything, like, drastically happens to his body, his card will heal him after that. So small things he doesn't really heal as much from, like the card is doesn't get used, but it's just like literally in um literally in the second episode at one point his neck gets like snapped and then he just snaps back because the cards um the, as long as he has the card's power activated, it will always heal him back from the dead. And so he has a very powerful one. Um but it's just like all of these cards have specific powers and the numbers indicate essentially how powerful the power is. So we find out in the second episode that the main character, his card is actually the weakest. He just gets a gun and he has a good eye for shooting. So that is very helpful. But when you're comparing it to something like a guy who literally cannot die, you know, or a yeah, it's true. exactly. You can't win that. <laughs> so, or, or, or even the guy who, the other guy who didn't really fully understand how to use his card in reality, just have like extreme luck at all times on in his favor. Like that's pretty insane as well. So, um, yeah, you like shoot and like ref- deflects the bullets in like a comical, yes, like, yes, exactly. Way, and then you end up, you end up yeah, dying so, from that. Um, so basically, um, that's uh, so that's like the whole idea behind the cards and stuff like that. I like the first episode was fine in the fact that I could tell it was gonna just be dumb fun action, but I surprisingly really liked the second episode because there was more dumb fun action. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> this is the kind of dumb fun action I want. So, um, so now it's just like they're going on different missions in regards to gathering these cards back like card captor sakura <laughs> yes i just thought it was hilarious in that first episode because he's fighting the marble guy and i'm just like you know these guys are supposed to be spies how come none of them have a gun to like because that could that could solve this problem really quickly right now and then when main character pulled out the gun was like the funniest part to me i was like oh Mm-hmm. That's kind of hilarious. That was the one thing he needed right now in this moment. Because <laughs> everyone's crazy. I would, I desperate, um, please tell me, please tell me the marble man gets to say at one point, I've lost my marble. No, he does not. Ah, uh, no. Missed opportunity. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, don't worry, don't worry. The, <laughs> don't worry, the guy with the extreme luck, he, he was going on a really lucky spree, so he, he shouted his catchphrase as he pointed to the camera. He said, wow, I'm about to... Oh, there we go. Uh, it's Morbid time. Yeah. Oh, man. And then he morbed all over the screen. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's pretty, pretty dumb, but it's like, it's fun. I, it's like, it's like, the, it's pretty. Oh, innovative. the girl in the, the girl in the team of the protagonist, she's really hot. So I just want to note that really quickly. <laughs> I felt it was important to notify you men that she is very hot. So. I feel, I don't know how to feel about that sentence, but thank you. I feel question like, mark. Well, let me see if I have a, so like, yes, someone took a screenshot. Oh, she's so cool. All right. right. We are we are waiting. How strong is my resolve? Oh, that's pretty good. Right. (laughs) It's the sword lady. I love the way she looks. 
Yeah, she got uh, a sword. In a, in a double-breasted suit. Yeah, I can get behind that. I, we don't know yet what her power is. We haven't actually seen it. Obviously, the sword is related to it, but, you know, it's pro- Does that say love on her gauntlet? Or I see a VE. Is she the five of spades? I think it says love, but she has spades I think she, on her I think she is the five of spades, kinda... so she's... I, I think all the protagonists have, like, fives and above, so they're all pretty powerful in that regard. Um, because they're but our guy has a two what do you mean he's got five and above well he's the exception and see this is why there is going to be the whole like red jacket guy who is a mentor but he's flirty so there's homoerotic scenes between the two male leads that's never going to lead to anything sort of situation it never does, you know so <laughs> as much as we might like it to and the other thing is, like, the cards are transferred yes. All right. upon I'll death, get, I'll, so, like, I'm, you I'm, could I just get collect behind them five all spades, and then get strong. Actually, point, no! Um, the second episode and, debunked that as well. Right. I mean, you, uh, oh, you can't do that. the card oh, no. chooses the user. The wand chooses the wizard. <laughs> so, the wand chooses the wizard. Oh. oh, so there was, like, no, oh, wow, they found out there was no point in, like, taking them all from each other for their own powers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, Protag is just stuck with the gun until the, the card just well, has he has perfect so. aim, so that's not bad. It's just not much when you compare it to someone who can't die. So. <laughs> yeah, and the, the other thing, James, is that like the protag doesn't really have too much in the game. Like it's not like he was super aware of right. like what was going on with like the world and the cards itself. He, his whole primary motivation yes. is to feed orphans. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so we. So that's like I, good. I, someone I can root for. I think. <laughs> Um, it's more or less Underdog he got coerced into um, working with the team of protagonists because it's like they um, they were going to take the card from him either way, and then on top of that, they were having they were they might have they actually they're the protagonists are morally gray. They are not <laughs> like you know good protagonists. So uh, they mentioned that they might have even killed him in that regard. But then he uh, join us or we'll kill these orphans. Um, and so, but then they also said, hey, if you team up with us instead, then we'll pay you, and it's a lot of money. And he's just like, okay, well, you know, I'd like to be alive and get paid at the same time. So <laughs> a, a totally understandable um, choice in that regard. <laughs> Being alive and getting paid, that's a motivation I can understand. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh before before I wrap everything up, Gracie, there was a sentence that you wrote in the chat that I would love some context for. Uh, would you would you care to explain? Perv Asshat is an anime character. Oh, that one! I was like, I've written another one before that you quoted. <laughs> so, um, no, that was from the Eminence of Shadow. Um, Eminence of Shadow has gone full blown uh, pun named, and I absolutely Excellent. love it. <laughs> I think it's so funny. <laughs> So one of the guys who's obviously a perv asshat, his name is Perv Asshat. So <laughs> it's great. Is this the is this the character that's supposed to be like marrying Rose Oriana? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> okay, cool. I am familiar with his. Um... Oh, so he does the because it's familiar in Shadow. He's always right. It, it, it's like the oh, Pokemon no, it's, thing where it's, you just name honestly, your, your childhood I, it's friend. Honestly, it's gotten better in regards to, like, the story. He, <laughs> I love the main character. Like, genuinely, I think he's so funny and great because he just wants to be the ultimate... He just wants to... Like, the ultimate anti-hero. He wants to be the, <laughs> yeah, he wants to be the ultimate anti-hero in anime, and so he will actively, like, make things happen, and it's like, if stuff happens that are, like, perfect opportunities for him to be all anti-heroic and stuff like that, he would 
be like, yes, <laughs> like celebrating. <laughs> and I, I approve of that kind of shameless, <laughs> a shameless chasing after your dream. I see nothing wrong with that fact. So, um, yeah. So Gracie, I'll have you know, his name is a pun in the original manga as well, which I don't, it, it was kind of hard because I, I read, I've read, I've read fan scans. Ugh. Um, but the the name in Japanese basically translates roughly to huge masochist. Um, yeah. I love these things. It's very good. Oh gosh. Um and so should I say the other quote that Nico is sweating nervously yeah, do it. thinking it was the do other it. one? So the other quote I said that James had actually uh, put in quotations is we all know that anime loves their slavery. (laughs) Anime sure does love slavery. Um, And so uh, it's because there are two anime with slavery and one of them is incredible as in the way they portrayed it. And another one I could go on a rant for more than an hour about in regards to how they portrayed it. So. They're both incredible, but for different reasons. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are they? Um, oh, well, Vinland Saga obviously starts off with enslavement, and that that mm-hmm. one is very good. And I, you know, there's nothing to say in that regard. The other one is called Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, and basically, I hate it. Oh gosh, I cuss. Oh no. <laughs> um, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Um, okay, that was around one hour mark. Okay, anyway. So basically, that was Sugar. I I really hate Sugar Apple Fairy Tale. And here's the thing: is in its own way with isekai slavery, I have grown numb to it. And it's not even because it's slavery, because of how many times they use slavery. It feels less about slavery as it is just the same old anime misogyny that have grown very used to seeing. Because conveniently, the slaves are always women. They're never, you know, guys. And the characters that matter are always women. And they are always love interests for the guys and they form a harm. It's the same beat over and over again. So it so by the nth time that has happened in Isekai, I'm just like, it's not really slavery at this point. It's just another version of anime men who want to dominate women and have like a harm of them. And have them all as love interests. So in its own way, I've grown numb to that fact. But Sugar Apple Fairy Tale is different. Because it both wants to use this power dynamic as a kink. Because we do know that, you know, some people have kinks of role playing for the whole slavery and master, slave and master sort of situation. So it wants to borrow that kink. But at the same time, it also wants to make a statement about slavery. And I'm just like, you can't have it both ways. It doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Like the, even the opening scene, like immediately just got me all like angry because of the fact that it starts off with the whole, um, world building as in she expositions everything and it's the main character's mom who is inevitably dead by the start of the actual story because we all know that's how it happens right. and um yes and, dead moms. and they're all um and so basically her mom is a, a, a candy artist or a candy confectioner and they make and they use like this special sugar to make it and she was explaining you know um it was actually fairies who taught humans how to do this and um, but then fairies and humans had a war and fairies lost. And so um, and humans claimed that fairies were always um, <clears throat> that humans Evil. were all uh, that fairies were lazy and stuff like that. But, you know, 
I don't believe that. I know, like, I think humans only won because there was more of them. And, you know, fairs are actually kind creatures and stuff like that. And then she as she sums it all up by saying, you know, uh, remember, uh, you know, as candy confectioners, we must never look down on fairies. And I'm just like, ma'am, the fairies are literal slaves who get physically mutilated to be remained as slaves. <laughs> like, I don't think getting looked down upon is like the right thing to tell your daughter maybe you should tell her they shouldn't be slaves in the first place it's like the right thing to tell your daughter so that already just like set the tone off in the wrong way but it's just they but yeah like the biggest problem is it wants that kink of the whole um because what happens is she ends up buying a slave fairy to like guard her on like this dangerous journey and stuff like that and he is an assassin who like killed 80 humans or something like that before he was finally caught and so the whole like dynamic that the author really wanted to do was like um when danger's coming and because she's a human and like technically she owns him he refuses to do anything she'll be like you know please like you know do this and la 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 and so and he'll like find the goodness in your yeah, heart yeah and then he'll like person that i literally own <laughs> yeah he'll like wall slam her you know the cupboard dome and be like you own me so like unless you order me to do something then i'm not gonna do it or order me and la la and so there's like this heaviness and this sexiness too and stuff like that and i'm like okay that's the kink part that the author really wanted to use for this um that power dynamic part for this relationship but then she goes but then the story goes around and it's like literally we see a, a human like abusing this fairy slave as in um the so how they mutilate the the fairies is they literally tear off half of their wings um so they can't fly away number one and number two the other thing is um their lifespan is uh is attached to their wings so basically uh, where their wings is like an in indicator indicating their lifespan so if you crush their wings you literally can kill them and so um so that's another way that they essentially keep the fairies enslaved and so one of the fairy slaves tried to like steal half his wings back to obviously be free and got caught and so the master is like beating up this fairy and like tormenting him and stuff like that and the main character like runs in and she goes you can't treat him like that like you should not be allowed to do that and stuff like that and then the other townspeople who have been like watching this guy like beat up this the fairy slave would like chime in and be like and then they'd say things like yeah even though even though he's a dirty fairy you shouldn't treat him that way and i was just like i don't think that's a compliment that it's supposed to be but it was like it was shown as this very like heroic moment and stuff like that and i was just like no 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 that's not how it works and so um so we have that mess and then and so i watched that and then i watched vinland sock and i'm just like dear lord the difference between the two cannot be understated in regards to how they treat this particular subject so uh the only reason why Sugar Apple Fairy Tales on C tier is I, I genuinely like the art and the aesthetics. It is very beautiful. <laughs> it sucks, okay? But I, whether I like it or not, the male lead, enslaved as he is, is hot. And so, like, it sucks. But everything else about the story is just bad. But God, like, it's just... Ugh. Uh, yeah, that's that's. What I, I almost had to step away to, like, take a shower because it sounded so horrendous. Like, Ugh. oh my gosh, it's so funny, though. It's like... 
To be fair, your, your C tier is the second lowest tier. Yes. Um, yeah, so it, it is still like, there's like two shows that are worse than this, but. Yeah, no. Well, like I said, the only reason why it's better than those two shows is literally aesthetically, it is really pretty, which makes it all the worse because it's a fairy tale whimsical setting looking and they have slaves. It's twee. <laughs> so, it's twee slavery. And, and they have slaves. And I'm just like, sir, sir. <laughs> you know. I, and by the way, I thought of a way to fix this whole problem okay like i i've thought of fan fiction for this as in like okay. a way to fix and this. that's all the time we have for today <laughs> no like I, here's the thing they don't have to do the slavery if like i know the author wants to do wants to do the whole power dynamic kink and stuff like that there's another way to do it without the slavery that's easily like you know replicable and doesn't have all these money. issues and so um so i'm just like it's money um, Buy him out. Financial slavery. Let's go. Uh, no, that's not what I was thinking at all. No. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. Well, now I look like the asshole. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, I was, so I'm just like, I, I have a solution. And obviously the solution will never be taken. But I'm just saying there is a solution. So. Okay. You got to tell us what it is now. You can't just like play it up and then not reveal oh. it. Oh, oh, you want to know? Uh, oh, yes. Okay. You know, let me grab it because I wrote it down. <laughs> Filler so, me. Okay, there we go. Okay, so basically, what I said is, I I was like, they could have just made fairies and humans not get along, since they wanted to go for the fairy tale feeling with pastel colors and silly music. And the male lead is already canon an assassin, so it could have just been she covered for him without knowing he's an assassin when he was getting chased. AKA the cover is that she hired him to be her bodyguard, and now he's stuck with babysitting this naive innocent girl in order to get away from people who's chasing after him, and that annoys him. And it still give the same dynamic of the story where it was just like he won't do anything unless she explicitly orders him to um then um and then there's the obvious stakes of if she finds out the truth will she turn him in in, in um will she turn him in in a country that dislikes fairies etc cetera, etc cetera. doesn't need to have the slavery see <laughs> so no slavery just racism well yes <laughs> i guess that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome all right, cool. Well, that's um. Oh, I'm looking at my waveform, and uh, apologies, Bruno. I I peaked my mic. Um. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Anime Trending Podcast. Uh, co-hosts, if people are trying to figure out where you are on the internet, where can they find you? Oh, I mean, you referred to both of us at the same time. Nick, so, you first. Uh, yeah, go. you can find me at uh, Nico the Neko on Twitter. Um, and. I think that's it. I mean, all I've been posting is which for Mercury stuff, which Agnes and I did talk about on our last bonus episode that yeah. we got in between these two. So go check that out and just listen to us. Just try to somehow cope that we have three months for the next episode coming out. Yeah. And Gracie, if people want more of your takes, where can they find you? Um, they can, <clears throat> sorry, they can follow me at girltaku underscore AT, uh, which is basically the girltaku podcast. Technically, the other girls have access to it, but they don't really tweet. It's just me. So, <laughs> yeah, they're not posters <laughs> uh, like no. you are. <laughs> um, you can find us. I mean, you probably already found us considering you're listening to the podcast right now at, um, any trends pod or, um, and then, um, you can find me at, at Konochioda. Leave us a review if you feel so inclined. I was reminded today that that's a thing we can ask you to do, and it helps sometimes. So if you like the show, 
let the various platforms you listen on know that you like us. Or if there's a thing that you want us to cover too, because like we're always looking for new topic ideas, especially as the season comes out and there's like very, if you want a very specific show that you want to deep dive on, I'm like more than happy to do that. Cause I always like critiquing things. Yeah. You have to tell us like, we'll, we're, we'll go off and watch the shows we like, but if there's a show you want us to watch, you got to tell us to do it. Gracie's the only one that watches everything. Well, not everything as we've noted with the top 10 charts. So <laughs> that's fair. Almost everything. So everybody, ask us to review um, the stuff at number two and three. So we have to make Gracie watch nope, another I'm show. I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll Bye. see you next time. Thank you. Bye.